How to Stop Gender Violence in the Pacific is the focus of the Pacific Community Social Citizenship Education Programme. This is part of the Pacific Partnership to End Violence Against Women and Girls, which last week published a paper detailing what they've been doing. One of the things they've discovered in their work in schools across four countries in the region is the use of traditional myths and legends to convey non-violent attitudes. And as the SPC's Arieta Modeida told Don Wiseman, it works. What we're saying is you need to start to implement activities or strategies in one of the three areas or one of the three main spheres that are the main spheres for Pacific Islanders, which is places where we learn, places where we worship and places where we play. And so for the Pacific community, we are very much engaged in the sphere of education in the four pilot countries. And so what we, our paper is saying, we think that this will work in the long term. We've just started. It's four years or three and a half years into a five-year program. We're already starting to see some little shifts, and really this is based on feedback that we're getting from teachers and students. But to really see any transformational societal change, we might not necessarily see it in the life of the program or even necessarily in the life of our term in office. What are the sorts of changes that are becoming apparent? What we're seeing through this program is that, one, there's not the pushback against human rights as there has been. And one of the reasons why we're seeing this is We've started from the premise of understanding the culture of the the countries we've gone into. Oftentimes, and in the past, when you bring in just human rights per se straight into the classroom, there'll be a lot of pushback that is human rights, women's human rights are against our culture, are against our religion. And so what this program, the Pacific Partnership to End Violence Against Women and Girls, and in particular the Pacific Communities Social Citizenship Education Program has done, has started in the three countries that started, which is Kiribati, Tuvalu and RMI, the three countries that put their hand up to trial this. We got consultants to first go in, these are local people, to capture their legends, their stories, their folklore, their proverbs, their dances that had elements of respect for human beings, respect for dignity of human beings, that frowned against violence, that talked about inclusion and social inclusion. And we documented those stories. And what the program has done is using those legends and stories, worked with the ministries of education, in particular the curriculum development unit. And I'll use RMI as an example because we have done the most work with them in this space. And each country is at different stages for very many, many reasons. And COVID also has had a part to play yeah, in the implementation delays. But RMI, for example, what the program has done is it's taken a lot of lessons learned from many other social change programs that have wanted to bring in new curriculum. We found curriculum will come in and sit on the shelf. The ministries are so inundated because every social issue wants to get mainstreamed in school. What the program has done is one down the cultural mapping, but more importantly, worked with the curriculum unit and said, all right, these are some some of your own legends and fables. And they identify with them because they grew up with those legends and said, how do you want to use them to strengthen your learning outcomes? There's big agreement and they're very happy, no new curriculum, 
but let's strengthen the learning outcomes. Let's just develop teaching resources or teacher guides to augment the learning. And so the RMI said, all right, we want to focus on curriculum from grade 5 to grade 12, but only in these subjects, social studies, health studies, basic science, martial arts studies, and English, and really looking at where in the curriculum do they want to then have strengthened learning outcomes, activities augmented, taken from the legends and things. Huh? And so we've just completed a round of training with the teachers in the pilot schools in RMI and Vanuatu. Once we started with the training with the teachers, we started with the legends and fables. We didn't come in and say, we're here to talk about human rights today or hold up the UNDHR. We just started by giving out the legends and fables. It's something very familiar to them and there's a bit of a giggle because they remember the elements of the story. Once they've read it through once, we then start to ask them, do you see elements of non-violence, of frowning upon violence, of respect for differences in there? They start to develop those lenses. Then the third reading through, we give them a copy of the UNDHR, the 30 articles. Start to identify elements of the UNDHR you see there in terms of the respect for human rights or respect for the environment. Environment, and they start to make those connections. And so that's the first session altogether. You already then just disarm them from the, you know, the attack of this is against our culture. You don't waste one or two days just having a back and forth and fighting on the culture because one, you're not from their culture, but you really start to have very productive conversations around aspects of culture that might have been taken out of context, that's been used to justify violence and that sort of thing, and understanding why. And so we believe that this is one strategy that will work. And, uh, you know, we'd like to capture results in the next four or five years' time and really start to see some changes in the statistics or even changes in the levels of bullying being reported in schools. Huh?